In this episode of Let's Talk Filmmaking, we're starting off our Women's History Month series with the amazing Dallas, Texas actor, Camille Monet. What's up, everybody? Brandon Fountain here. Um, I have a very special episode for you. Uh, this is Women's Month, and every week I want to have a female filmmaker bring it, brought to you every single week. And starting off that week, I have Camille Monet. I said your name right, right? You did, yes. Okay, thank you. sweet. Thank you. <laughs> okay, that's one good thing. I do not have beep. She's not with me right now. Uh, she's feeling under the weather so please pray for her and she will be back with us soon uh, but for now I will try to attempt to ask all of the right questions and not uh, insult anybody accidentally so <laughs> you got it you got, dis- got good disclaimer yeah. we're gonna You're... yeah good yeah just be warned be warned <laughs> okay so real quick uh, Camille kind of like give me give everybody a quick uh, summary of who you are all right. Well, my name again is Camille Monet. I live in the Dallas Fort Worth area and I am an actor. I've been acting in stage and film for roughly 20 years now and starting to venture out more on my own. I'm originally from San Antonio and I don't know what else to say yeah. about myself. <laughs> we got some real South. We got South Southern talent. You know, uh, I'm aiming to bring every region I can. But, you know, when I can bring in some Southern talent, I can, I'm, I'm going to do it. We got yeah. Louisiana and now we got Texas. Yeah. Uh, real talent. So uh, just because she's, she's really not uh, selling herself enough. You just <laughs> won some awards for your acting skills. Like, I did. Yeah. Tell me about that. Right. Um, well, I recently won what we have here is called the Column Awards. And the Column is a national publication. It's an email news blast that sends out reviews, show information, and audition information for our area theaters throughout Dallas-Fort Worth. It's run by John Garcia. And I believe it's in its uh, 20th, well, the awards is in its 20th year. So this was the 20th year of the awards, and it really is just to recognize the local theater talent. It's kind of the quote-unquote Oscars of DFW theater. And I was very honored to receive an award as Best Featured Actress for a play that I did at Stage West in Fort Worth called An Octoroon by Brandon Jacob. Jenkins. I hope mm-hmm. I said that right. And then I also won Best Actress for the work I did at Circle Theater in Fort Worth for a show called Men on Boats by Jacqueline Backus. Cool, cool. Yeah. And that's, uh, it's just plays and uh, productions in Dallas or like, uh, what's the radius? How, how far do they reach in terms of uh, so, voting? Yeah, it's Dallas. It's- um, their publication is pretty much nationwide. So if you're a subscriber to their publication, you have the opportunity to vote. They do one round of nominations and voting, and they do a second round where they kind of pare it down. You have to 
have voted in the first round, vote in the second round. So I couldn't even vote for myself because I couldn't, <laughs> I didn't meet the deadline. Like I was trying to vote in the first round and I couldn't get the password link to work. And not that uh, I would have voted for myself. I mean, but... it's okay if you, if you <laughs> did, but <laughs> there was other people I would <laughs> like to have voted in other categories as well. So but it's a national publication, so it goes out pretty wide, but it really focuses on the Dallas and Fort Worth area. And that includes the mid cities. Um, you know, for anyone who's not familiar with Dallas, Fort Worth, it's Dallas and Fort Worth are about 45 minutes by highway away from each other. Mm-hmm. And there's all of these smaller cities and suburbs in between it. And Dallas kind of branches off a little bit north. And so you have places like Plano, Mesquite, Rockwall. Soto, yeah. Duncanville, and then Fort Worth, you have Burleson and, um, oh gosh, Saginaw, you know, just, it, yeah, yeah. So it's, is... it's kind of a big area with like two very large cities kind of pulling this whole area together. It so it's the east and the west. If, if you don't know Texas, like Texas is just big. Mm-hmm. I, I, it takes 30 minutes or 45 minutes to get almost everywhere especially like houston i just can't do it i can't stand houston <laughs> it, i i just can't stand the traffic like if 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 anybody gets the chance to go to texas and you're in houston or dallas like you will understand and you'll be like i get it now i yeah. don't want to drive no more where's the uber so uh and then a tolls oh god okay so we're drifting we're <laughs> drifting um so tell me how you got into acting? I got into act. It's a little bit of an odd story when I tell it to people. I wanted to be a veterinarian for the longest time. So like from birth to about 12 or 13 year old, I was, you know, I was planning on being a veterinarian. Uh-huh. I knew I was going to go to Texas A&M, get my vet degree. And I had some pet rabbits at one point. And through a series of unfortunate events, each of these rabbits died in different, very not so pleasant ways. And I kind of realized through that experience, maybe veterinary medicine wasn't the best choice for me. Um, Got to read the signs. Got to read the signs. Yeah. And um, I was up late one night watching TV, which was kind of my usual practice. And the movie Poison Ivy with Drew Barrymore was on. Mm-hmm. And I watched that at Drew Barrymore and Sarah Gilbert, I believe. And it's really kind of crazy, like early, mid-90s maybe movie. And the next morning, I watched Ever After with Drew Barrymore. And I it just hit me. And I was like, I want to do that. Because the, <laughs> night, the night before, I had hated her and her uh-huh. well her character mm-hmm. and the next morning I was totally in love with her character Danielle and like Ever After is now one of my favorite movies Drew Barrymore is one of my favorite actors mm-hmm. and so I that's pretty much the whole <laughs> how it came about so I went and I auditioned for the school play that was going on at the time which was I believe never saw another butterfly which is this really sad play about the Holocaust Mm -hmm. and I had to play one of the children in the Holocaust story and um yeah I've just kind of been doing that ever since you know um and yeah that that's my my origin story all thanks to Drew Barrymore and um 
some late night television. <laughs> wow, that was different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Compared to other stories I, I've heard, that was d different. When you said, when I heard the word vet, vet, veterinarian, I was like, oh, okay. This, yeah. is, this is uh, different. Yeah, Who much to the disappointment of my mother, I kind of went in a different <laughs> direction. But, um, you well, know, it's worked out okay. Well, I like I said, like you, uh, you definitely have talent. And uh, especially from the films I've seen. And I wish I could bring up, I wish I could remember their names. Uh, that's my fault. I should be having these notes for that. But uh, from what I've seen, uh, it's, a, it's a film where you were like a secretary of, or some sort. Yes, that would be the film 10 Years at Sea. Yes. Uh, written written yes, and directed by Olivia Cawthon. And starring Madison Laird, my great friend, and Brad DeBoard. It's a really great romantic movie, independent movie. Yeah, you did really good on that one. Well, thank I was you. Like, okay. Thank you I for gotta, watching. I got to have her on the show. Um, so you are an actor. Mm -hmm. But recently you have put your hand into film. And that's with... Uh, Hashtag actor life. Correct. Is that right? Actor life. That's right. Okay. Uh, and it's a mini series. It's about five minutes long. These episodes five minutes long. And each episode, I can tell it is it, the first episode. Uh, well, the second episode was better than the first one. Right. And <laughs> it was also funny and relatable than the first episode. But like, I really want more from it. Kind of tell me like how that um, came about, like starting that series, wanting to take the next step from behind the camera to, uh, I mean, being on camera to being behind the camera and create producing a show like that. Right. Uh, well, it really came from the desire to continue to be on camera, kind of in a <laughs> narcissistic type of move. I um, wasn't satisfied with waiting for work, um, waiting for auditions, because I wasn't seeing the kind of movement that I wanted to. And I had the idea one day, you know, I, I being an actor, uh, a woman of color, a black woman, and having other people of color, you know, Black, Latino, Asian, um, South Asian, just across the spectrum being in the industry. And we all kind of have this same issue of not getting enough work and not being seen enough. And that has changed, you know, that we are seeing more and more representation and opportunities, which is fantastic. But again, we're, it's still acting is still, you know, it's a game of chance and it's a bit competitive. So you could be, you know, one of the best people in the room uh but if you know your hair's not what they want if you look a certain way it's just it's very very roll of the dice mm -hmm. so i wanted to do something that told uh, a story something that i could put out there myself something that forced me to stop waiting for opportunities and i kind of just jumped in feet first. Uh, Jory Jackson was one of the first people when I kind of put out feelers who was like, yes, let's do this. And she really drove that first episode being made. 
um, and she's featured in it and she's amazing in it. It was a great shoot. She helped me so much. She was pretty much my producer for that entire episode, my co-producer. Um, you know, she was like, let's have a meeting. Let's talk this out. Let's make plans. And I really needed that because being a creative person, I can kind of get these ideas and then they kind of just flitter about in the atmosphere and nothing happens. So I love having people around me who are drivers mm. and, you know, she's a Leo and I'm an Aries and <laughs> she can tell you all about oh, that. God. So we go together and mm. it's, it's, you know, a lot of passion and a lot of creative energy. And so it, it does, it, it really came out. And as you said, the first episode we did together, it was very fun. It was a learning experience, which led to the second episode being much better. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Lesson number one being have a script, you know. <laughs> you didn't have a script for uh, the first was episode. all that ad, ad lib? That was all ad lib. But first of all, I was going to say, you know, that's like one of the, uh, Jory's favorite characters to like. Oh, is it? To make fun of <laughs> that, that, that type of actor. Yeah, that best best in the room uh i'm quite sure she she probably loved that character um, yeah well my goal with really also creating it was to create something that featured performers of color that you know were both on screen and behind scenes i really wanted to make that an emphasis um that they be people of color i wanted it to be an emphasis on getting women involved or women identifying people involved and so and the whole premise of, you know, hashtag actor life is how it kind of stemmed from how we behave on Instagram. You know, we're always like hashtag actor life, hashtag uh -huh. blessed, hashtag set life mm -hmm. and just kind of making fun of that. But also presenting the experiences of not only actors trying to get work, but actors of color and the very unique experiences we have in rooms. And so that's that's pretty much how all of that kind of came. So I had about five story ideas. Right now there's two episodes out and I'm in pre-production for hopefully three to be shot this summer. So hopefully soon we'll get some more in the can. Give me a call. I'll help you out. I'll help you oh, out. Oh, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, most definitely. It looks fun. And it's only like, you know, five minutes. Are you planning on making it longer? No, I think that's all I can handle about right now. <laughs> I understand, um, especially yeah, if it's like few people helping out. Right. Um, no, that first episode with Jory, um, again, it was all ad-libbed. Uh, she got someone, a friend of hers, Guadalupe, to do our sound recording for us. She had some experience. And we had Candace Allen also who acts in that episode that you see. And I just kind of gave them the idea. I was like, what are some of the worst things that happen at auditions just in general? And who are some of the worst people? And I think I maybe gave them five lines of dialogue that I absolutely wanted them to say. Mm -hmm. And the rest was just, I mean, all of Jory's stuff, she was so amazing because all of her stuff was absolutely ad-libbed. And I just kept making her do stuff over and over <laughs> again. And I'm like, oh, uh -huh. yeah. Oh, oh, or, and it was the three four of us and a camera jory's camera actually and uh recording on someone's cell phone and yeah no shot list we were recording in my office for my day job on mm -hmm. a, like a saturday morning when no one was there no lighting it, it was very very 
bare bones, gorilla style, just make something. And I just, that's really what I wanted to do. I just, it was kind of supposed to be only a trailer Mm -hmm. and we ended up with footage enough to kind of make it a a short episode. As you said, it's only about four or five minutes. And um, yeah, so doing more, making it longer. I do all the editing myself and all the sound editing myself. And that's something else I've had to teach myself. So I don't think I currently have the capacity for anything too much longer than five minutes. Um, Again, it's one of those things where learning as you go, you realize how much time each step actually takes. And it's definitely opened my eyes to what is needed when you go into filmmaking Mm -hmm. and how much talent and work each person plays a role is there to do. So it's been um, a good experience so far, and I'm hoping to keep it going yeah most definitely and like i said if, if if there's any way i can help to make sure it keeps going like you know give me a call y'all can't see it but she just took a sip out of a uh, wonder woman's <laughs> <laughs> coffee cup and <laughs> and so i promise y'all i'm gonna make the show live so y'all can actually see and even ask questions because there are some questions i just don't think of asking and like you could be have that mindset to ask, ask a certain question so I, I really want that and that is coming soon so you know yeah. for the people that's listening I'm glad you're being patient for the people that's not listening you should listen uh, <laughs> so and I'm sure if he looks closely enough behind me he'll see yes, Wonder Woman I, posters on I the wasn't wall. gonna say anything yeah <laughs> I, you can call me out I'm a big Wonder Woman nerd so well, um, my whole home is full of my home, my car, my office, it's all Wonder Woman out. So Don't I don't you have even... an umbrella with her? I do, I do have <laughs> I recently got an umbrella and a purse. And I have purse. shoes. I have shirt. I mean, I have everything. And it's like I rarely buy myself things anymore. Like this mug a friend bought for me. People buy me things now, so I rarely buy any more of my Wonder Woman items. Anymore. I did buy the last few. Okay. But um Usually they're gifts, which is nice. It's It makes shopping for me very easy, I will say. <laughs> if it has Wonder Woman on it, I'll probably like it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, that's, it's, yeah, that's good to, like, you know, treat yourself <laughs> and keep the things that makes you happy around you. Yeah, absolutely. That's um, something a, a therapist told me. She was like, you know, you keep items and objects and colors around that lift you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a lot of things that are pink. I have a lot of things with Wonder Woman and oddly enough, a lot of things with skulls. I really like skulls. So yeah, that's kind of my personality kind of all wrapped up into (laughs) three items. Wonder Woman, Mm -hmm. skulls, yep, and the color pink. Color pink, yeah. I wish I could like forms like just one word that describes and put all those into one thing and i just can't do it there's which is good (laughs) no yeah like that's that's a good thing you know different uh which is why i do commend you for like taking that step because i understand uh well not fully i do not fully understand um not having the work you're looking for you so you go out you and you made that work and you also brought in people along with you so they can also be a part of that. So, Absolutely. and you did it. Uh, so I do commend you for that. And thank you. Uh, 
also, I understand you're doing a lot. Like you're even about to start a podcast, which yes. is uh, it's fairly new. So you got to help me out with this one. This is booze, booze, or <laughs> yeah, I'm lost. It was it booze, booze Boozed. TV, boozed. boozed. Yeah, like you get boozed, like drinking boozed, but uh-huh. also okay. so yeah, it's a double Sweet. meaning. Yeah. See, I don't drink. I'm drinking tea right oh, now, so I don't drink. Same. Also, I'm drinking tea so. as well. Yeah. Decaffeinated because it's a little late, but no, I, this is caffeinated. Cause <laughs> I have a few more hours, a lot gotcha. more hours to go. But gotcha. yeah, so real like, what is the podcast? This is your. This is a time where you're gonna plug into the my podcast. What is your podcast gonna be about? Yes. Well, thank you for this lovely plug. Boozed is a podcast and it's where the shit faced meets the supernatural. Hope I can curse on your show there. Sorry. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. <laughs> there, all you do is hit a button that says, is there cursing? Is this explicit? And I will say yes. Okay. And I'll, I'll try to make the S word the only one because I can sometimes have a sailor's mouth. But, um <laughs> Um, I'll be on my best behavior, but Boozed is a podcast in the vein of drunk history Mm -hmm. in which I have guests on that tell a supernatural paranormal ghost story of their choosing and they recount it to me while drunk. What? Yeah. What? (laughs) <laughs> so wait you're gonna have people tell you ghost stories while yes. drunk yes this is about to be huge <laughs> i i hope so i have put in yeah. a lot of work up front how, um, how, oh is that is it the drinks you you put a lot of work into <laughs> i may or drinks? may not have i may or may not have a bottle of tequila under my bed right now but um <laughs> you know but um, no, I've been on, I've been building profiles. I've been doing some graphic design for, you know, our social media marketing and digital marketing pieces, setting up email addresses, Reddit account, Twitter account, Instagram account, Facebook account, um, setting up a, I'm thinking big, you know, so like mm. it's, it's 2019, we're setting goals. So I have a Patreon already set up. If you'd like to go support us ahead of time. I saw it's, that. I saw that. Patreon under Boozed Pod. It's B O O S E D. Uh, and that's the double meaning. So it's like boo, like a ghost, but also boo, like getting boozed. Do you so, have your website yet? I don't have a website yet. That's okay. the one thing I'm, I'm I'll, behind on. I'll put um, the Instagram link into okay. the description. Right. So y'all, yeah. can, y'all can definitely hit that and check out Booze. Yes, we launch in September. Mm hmm. Um, to hit that fall kind of spooky Octobery feeling, um, unless I get too excited and I want to release in August because I am getting really excited. <laughs> we we are recording our first episode this weekend, um, and we have two special guests coming in. They're going to be telling their stories together. They are friends and coworkers. They are also actors in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, so I expect it to be a very raucous, crazy episode. It's probably going to go all over the place. I don't even Mm. know if we're going to get to a ghost story, quite honestly, but it'll be a good time, a good listen, and I have 
plan is to have a different Dallas-Fort Worth performer, artist um, every other week. We're going to do bi-weekly uh, to come in and tell their stories, to promote whatever it is they're working on, and really just kind of give them another avenue. And I'm really proud to also say that my co-producer and partner in crime right now is a black woman sound engineer. Um, really? Yes. Her Mitch, name is Sydney Mitch, Johnson. Sydney Johnson. She is with Grandeur Sound. Mm-hmm. And she is like a one-person sound machine. I don't know how else to put it. She's great. She's been, you know, kind of pushing and she's super excited. We're both really pumped. She's going to help make it sound good. She's been telling me what equipment to buy. She's going to do all of our editing and sound effects. I'm getting a local composer to do our theme song. And so I'll be getting some tracks from him soon and rolling right along. I'm, I'm so pumped. Well, let me tell you, you having a sound engineer is huge. You have <laughs> you have filmmakers that don't even have true sound engineers. Right, uh, right. I actually went to uh, Bipsy and I major sound. So, like, sound is very important to me. And when I do not have good sound, um, pissed. I'm I'm pretty upset. <laughs> uh. So, like, having somebody that's focused and have that knowledge on it that's going to help you, you know, make sure nothing is flat, no no mm -hmm. uh, sound is bouncing off, make sure you have a proper mic, you know, even helping you with your vocals and everything is pretty huge. The rest the rest is up to you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> if it, now, I'll tell you one thing. I'm going to feel sorry for the girl because you're going to have drunk-faced people talking in the mic. <laughs> I know you, you can only do so much with audio. So I, I already warned her. We have um, I got mic stands instead mm -hmm. of tabletop mics because I figured people will be like pounding on the table and pushing and running into things. And I have a plan to you know de um, uh, de uh, or disinfect, I should say, my pop screens mm -hmm. on a regular basis because I'm sure someone's gonna rub their mouth all over them. Mm -hmm. So. And we're recording in the studio, which is also my bedroom. So the bathroom is real nearby, just in case. So, but we're going to have fun. And then she's actually, I'm trying to get her to record her own episode as well. So you're going to hear from her, um, our sound engineer, Sydney, as well. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a good time. And I'm quite sure she's going to experience a lot of stuff dealing with you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's already we've been friends. Uh, we met this past year. I had originally reached out to her to help me with hashtag actor life. And uh, there were some scheduling conflicts. And we just kind of end up linking up. And, you know, she's now my movie buddy. We go out see movies and plays together all the time. And when I came up with this crazy idea, she was like, yeah, let's do this right now. And so, again, having having that person in my life who's like, yeah, let's go. Get well, to work. Get to work is yeah. really important. Yeah, it's, it's good really to great. Have, it's good to have that support, um, the support team, a support team. So absolutely, I definitely give me her information and tell her, hey, for sure, I need, for sure. I need you on this show because I actually haven't <laughs> had. We haven't talked about sound engineering, uh, sound yet, uh, okay. and it's mainly because you know, 
as she might know, that's like a subject that some filmmakers just, what is that? We'll do it in post. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I can no. tell you having, having done the hashtag actor life episodes and having to edit and try to manage sound. Uh, it, it definitely helps to have a professional. Um, mm-hmm. As you said, the second episode is, it looks better. It's a little better structured because one, I, I had a script <laughs> this time mm-hmm. to go off of and I was able to utilize the, the many talents of a gentleman named Frankie Day, mm-hmm. uh, D-E-Y, and he does um, video producing and he was basically my director of photography. He helped set up all the shots. He brought in his own lighting and uh, helped me build a shot list the night before and was really my my right arm could not have done it without him. That's why it looks so great. So <laughs> that's 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 one thing I will say to anyone who is considering going into filmmaking, especially if you have zero experience, is to it's great to do it yourself and learn because that first experience when it, you know, it was just four, four people and a a rickety camera. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, it taught me so much just in that one morning of shooting to take into the next shot shoot I did. Um, but definitely having those people who were there and willing to help, um, especially if they're willing to help for free, (laughs) Um, it's, it really is, you know, a a blessing and definitely don't be afraid to ask for help and you never know who, you know, who knows someone else who can get you what you need. So I definitely try to utilize my local resources as much as I can. Yeah, you're right. You never know. You never know what restaurant might let you in or what a local place, you know, might think is fine. Uh, as long as you're you're protecting yourself in that place. Like you're all good. Now, yeah, uh, I was really fortunate. Um, I also had Lakeside community theater in the colony, which is another small city in the area. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a theater there that I, I worked with previously. I'm very close with the people who run the theater and they let us shoot there for free. You know, that morning it was just, it was easy peasy. Use some of their local talent and their stage manager and production manager as actors. <laughs> so it was great. I bet. And that's what I want to get into next. Um, I know in for me, myself, and I shot a full feature film last year. And one thing about this film that was so t- terrible is the actors. The actors were <laughs> oh, no. nothing but friends, families, and strangers. And this can happen with up and coming regular filmmakers. I was, I did this project um, for uh, a friend, but like if I knew these resources, like this would be easier. How do we, uh, as how do we find professional actors, people who want to actually uh, do this as a career? How do we find those people? Uh, is there a website? Is there like a uh, uh, guild? Like, what are some resources that filmmakers can use, or what tips can we do to find 
and weave out the uh people that's trying to just do it just to mm-hmm. like do it or the people that's trying to like really do this as right. a career yeah i think there's a lot of avenues you can do i'm very fortunate uh like i said i've been i've been in the theater definitely the theater field for many years uh and recently kind of went into film. So I've made a lot of friends um, who are very talented people. Um, Madison Laird, who was in my episode, my second episode of Hashtag Actor Life, very talented actress, good friend of mine. Um, There are avenues such as backstage.com that you can post uh, audition notices to. I'm familiar with that one. Yeah, there's, um, if you're town, your city, your state has Facebook groups that let you post. I know I'm a, I'm a member of probably five different casting groups just on Facebook. I'm on a email blast for um, local filmmakers, independent filmmakers in Texas. So I get emails, I get Facebook notifications all the time for people who are casting. There's uh, In Dallas, there's a group specifically for actors of color And if you have something you want to post, if you're looking for actors of color, you can ask them to post it to their group and they can bring in that diverse, uh, diverse talent pool that a lot of productions really need to be utilizing at this time and always. Um, So I'm able to pull from the theater community as well. I know a lot of filmmakers get weary of working with theater actors because they think of them as just these over actors and... I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's not, it's not like it's not true that <laughs> no, you, you exactly. all are, but I mean, <laughs> you know, like I told you, I have a theater background, so I understand. Right. So when that conversation comes up, I back you up. So, right. So, I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, I got my start in theater and I've always actually felt very weird with that grand, large acting so I feel like a lot of my acting, for the most part, even when I'm on stage, is a bit more natural film-like. Mm-hmm. Um, and But still, sometimes I have to be told to bring it down a little bit. Um, I did a shoot recently, and the director was like, you're enunciating too much. <laughs> I was like, that's just kind of how I talk. And he was like, well, I need you to not enunciate as well. So, you know, you get actors who are stage actors are very trained in certain ways, um, but they are a good resource. If they have interest in doing film, they can make great talent. If you're a good director who can work with them and get them to where they need to be for what you're doing. I would also say looking at local acting schools, acting coaches is a great resource to pull from and really talk to the acting coach, uh, the teachers, instructors to see who in their class you may really actually want to work with. Um, Because there's a lot of people who will join an acting class who are green, I'll say. Mm -hmm. They they still have some work to do. And of course, everyone needs to build experience. And it's great to give those people, you know, some maybe extra background work if you need them. Uh, But talking to those teachers and other people to see who's really going to help elevate your project in the best way possible. I'm trying to think those are really the biggest um, places that I can think of to find to find actors, um, local colleges, of course, um, anyone in a 
film or theater program would be more than happy to work on your film project for free in most cases. Um, if they're students, you should always try to pay people, but, um, you know, well, yes, that's, yeah. and that's, that's another thing. We're going to get, get into that later. Okay. Um, has anybody contacted, contacted you outside of Texas to uh, do some uh, acting? I previously had an agent. So through my agency, I would get um, notices for acting work uh, that shot kind of in the South region, South Central region. And I believe I've only been asked to collaborate with someone kind of through Instagram who was in New York and she didn't realize that I wasn't in um, a New York or Los Angeles area. So occasionally I run into, you know, people through social media who are like, Oh, I'd love to work with you one day, but they tend to always be outside mm. of my, my traveling radius right now. Um, or it's not the kind of project where I can justify the, mm -hmm. the risk benefit type of, yes. um, to travel out and do it as much as I would love to and love to work with these people. Um, sometimes, you know, those are the things you have to consider. I work full time days. So getting away for projects can be difficult at times. So I really have to consider all of the risk and benefits before I, I take on anything. I, yeah, I guess to answer my question, uh, we would have had to call your agency. So that is another uh, way of contacting, like I would say serious and professional actors contacting agencies as, as well. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I would, I would, say try to stay away a lot of people some people in agencies are also a little green and inexperienced so don't discount you know those other avenues um just because you know someone may or may not have an agent doesn't mean they don't have talent mm -hmm. um so just kind of you know i i presently don't have an agent and by your account, I'm talented. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, you, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to reach, you wouldn't be able to reach me through an agency right now. So if mm -hmm. that was all someone was going off of, oh, well, she doesn't have an agent. Mm -hmm. Well, then I, I wouldn't be able to get any work right now. And thankfully theater doesn't care about agents at the level that I'm at. So, so, okay. That's cause I got, I got to ask these questions and they, this would be a tough one. Uh, and it, right. it is, and it is in terms of payment. Uh, now, whenever I want to use the actor, even models, I pay them. Mm -hmm. But there are some, there are some who have said like a green, a green actor wants to be paid such and such. Like when you do your stuff, when do you find you need to have like you need to be paid right like this this is to uh get rid of the confusion of and help the actors because some actors uh are saying uh, i've been doing this for a long time i deserve to be paid and mm -hmm. this is like how i deserve to be paid like when do you like actually like is no questions asked i need to be paid right um that is yeah that is a kind of difficult one i feel like everyone has their own metrics for how and when they should be paid i think if you are a beginner um if you maybe have 
because a, a fewer number of on onset experiences. Um, you know, I would say, you know, try to go with what you find is kind of the industry standard for the work you're being asked to do. Yeah. So if you're an extra, you know, look at what the industry is paying extras. If that's not in the production's budget, but you need some credits, see if you can work out something different. You know, okay, well, can you pay me 50 instead of 100 for the hour? Can so, you pay me? Can you cover my gas? You so, know? <laughs> so how does an up-and-coming actor find out how much that is? Or uh, is it I, one of those things where just like a filmmaker, we just we just kind of throw, throw like, you know, a spitball against the wall and, you know, we learn as we go, go, mm -hmm. you know? Well, I, I'm kind of of the mind now that I've been doing this for a little while is if you don't have money to pay your performers, you do not have money to produce your project. It's, it's that simple. If you've not taken into account paying your performers, paying your crew, then you should not be making your project unless they are all gung-ho to do it for free. So, I mean, you can go online and there's different places that'll kind of give you a range of what so-and-so makes for this or that or what the current industry rates are. I've not looked into that myself recently. I know that for me, unless it is someone's project who I, I know them personally, I know they don't have maybe the resources it's not going to hurt me any to take this on, then I'll do it for free. You know, it, it has to be, or, and if, or if it's a project where I really, really feel it's going to be great for my reel, it's going to be a great experience. Um, because I feel like sometimes you get into projects where it's, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole low budget because not low budget isn't necessarily a bad thing. But mm -hmm. if your budget is too low, you get what you pay for, mm -hmm. you know? So that's, that's kind of what I would say for filmmakers. you you get what you pay for. So if. So what I, about for actors though? Okay. Like how do they, how do they find out what their worth are, what their worth is, worth is. Um, I mean, so when I had an agent, my pay was tied to whatever my agent had, negotiated, which was kind of standard rates. So, you know, say for a commercial, they want you to come in for eight hours, you're going to do background work, maybe one line, maybe no lines, $250 for the eight hours. That's not bad, you know, for, you know, to sit around on set for probably six of those eight hours and do nothing mm -hmm. um, in the long run. Uh, for actors, I, I don't know. I don't really have a hard answer for that. I can only say for me personally, I know that I will not invest a lot of time and um, my, my, my time and talent. You have to know your worth. You have to know, you have a sense of your worth. So I know what I feel my time and talent is worth and I'm going to ask for that. Um, and in some cases, if they can't provide it, I may make concessions and say, all right, well, you know what? I can do it for that amount. That's fine. I, I want to be a part of your project. I think it's great. Um, or, or you're my friend. I'll do it for free. Um, I try not to work for free anymore because I feel like it sets you up to be undervalued. And so people think that, you know, you're just kind of, 
giving it away for free. So why should we offer to pay you? You know, why should we uh, give you good roles? You know, if I tell you, um, I'll do do your commercial, but I want to be paid at least, you know, 500 for these lines, I'm saying, you're hopefully that shows you that I know what I'm worth and I know that I'm serious and that I can bring it, you know? So I feel like, you know, people have different egos. They may think they're worth more than they are. So it's kind of hard. That's why I kind of said the industry standard is probably the best to kind of start from. Um, because, you know, when I was a younger actor, I was, I was doing all sorts of plays, everything I was doing for free. Um, I would take any amount anyone would give me, uh, because I needed credits. I needed something on my resume. I needed something on my reel. Uh, and now I feel like I've gotten to the point where I can be picky and I can ask for what I feel I'm worth. And that's either going to work out or it's not. And either of us can keep it moving in one direction or the other. So, but um, I think it's, it's very important if you're a filmmaker to try to pay everyone who is on your set. Um, I know I always offer, I don't have a lot to offer a lot of times, but I'll dig into my personal accounts to give someone money um, to at least cover gas and food for the day um, or a minimum wage per hour that they're on set because I want to put myself out there as that kind of filmmaker, as that kind of producer. Um, and I kind of would want the same for me. I would want someone to at least try to pay me. <laughs> so yeah. I, I know I probably like talked all around your question but that, no, it's a hard no, it is a hard question to answer no that's that's exactly what i wanted to hear know your worth mm. and that's something that some people don't learn in the beginning yeah um, no absolutely even, i had to learn that through actually i learned that through a business i tried to have um with crocheting uh so it's a craft business uh, i crochet i make dolls and different crochet items and it takes hours of work. Yarn is not cheap. Um, you know, people look at homemade items, especially anything that's crochet or knitted, and they're like, oh, that's easy. I can make that. Oh, that looks cheap. Well, no, it's, it's a skill. I've worked many hours on this particular item, and I should at least pay myself minimum wage, right? I should at least be able to cover the cost of my products, of my um, supplies. And if I've taken time to make this and not something else, then I need to be compensated for that time where I could have been making money elsewhere. So I had to learn how to know my worth and ask for what I thought my, my, my products were worth. And that's really where the first concept of that came from. It's like, okay, well, I can't sell my items for less than they're worth because that's it devalues me and I'll never make it further because people will always look at me as the, the cheap sell. You know, mm -hmm. so, you know, when you start pricing things for $40 instead of $20, people are going to be like, oh, $40. Well, it must be better, right? It must be a higher quality. Yeah, it's not always, it's not, it's not always true, mm -hmm. but you want to put that out there. So yeah, people come to you. It's automatically perceived yeah, as high, is. higher quality. It is. So, I mean, there's actors out there making millions who aren't necessarily worth their millions, but they know how to ask for it. I know. I see them in the theater all the time, in the, in in movies all the time. Yep. Yep. We're not going to name any names, but you know who they no, are. Yeah, so. they know there who they go. are. <laughs> so what has been so far the biggest barrier you have had to 
breakthrough. Like Wonder Woman, like punch through this wall to get to where you are now. Honestly, the biggest barrier uh, was myself. Um, I'd, I'd love to sit here and say, oh, it's the industry not wanting to cast black women. Oh, it's the industry. I'm too short. I'm not skinny enough. Um, I had to, again, start looking at what am I, what am I worth and believing in my own worth. So it was really getting past my own ideas about me, um, and my own self doubts, um, my own perceived weaknesses. You know, I had people telling me like, oh, you're talented. You should be doing this, this and that. And I'm like, oh, great. They're like, oh, you have this look, you should be on film. You should be doing this, this and that. I'm like, okay, great. Thank you. But at the end of the day, I was going home and I didn't feel any of it. Um, so I really had to come to a place of pushing myself to go after what I wanted. And the the best example that I have of that recently is the last play I did at the end of last year, 2018, was I went in, it was, it's, it's men on boats and it's a play about men, but all the parts are played by female or female identifying persons. And the playwright specifically says she wants that cast to be people of color, to be women, to be queer, to be non-binary, to be, you know, you know, she wants that to be a diverse cast. That is her request as part of her play script. And the, the rights of producing her play comes with that. And thankfully, the director was on board and wanted to do that same thing. But when I went to go audition, my first thought was, oh, I'm not going to get the lead. So let me audition for the second part because I know I'll get that. And so that's kind of how I, I went in kind of setting myself up. And then, you know, a few days before the audition, I thought, well, why couldn't I get the lead? And what I was like, you know, I, and so I prepared the lead audition piece. And so I went in there and I performed the lead audition piece. And, you know, I got great feedback from the director and a week later, you know, I get a call saying I got the lead. Something I thought would, one, I thought they weren't going to go with a black woman. I didn't think they were going to go with someone, you know, I'm in my 30s, but I don't always present in my 30s um, physically. Don't give me that look. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can think I look younger than I am. Um, and so I thought they were going to go with kind of an older person because this, is, this character was supposed to be kind of this stately war hero type. And so I, I did not see myself as the lead, but I had to convince myself that I could be the lead. And I had to go in there with that mindset of, I'm going to get this. And so I feel like I have always been my biggest barriers because I've been proven wrong so many times. I've been given the opportunity to play roles where I thought I would never get, I never thought I would play the nun in doubt. And I, I played the nun in doubt because I walked into the room and I told them that's what I wanted to audition for. Um, another film, a, a short student film I did was about this female kind of serial killer. And when I went in, he had me read for one of her victims. And I was like, before he, he was about to excuse me from the room and I stopped and I, I was about to walk out and I stopped and I turned around. I was like, you know what? Actually, I would like to read for the lead. And they were all kind of taken aback. 
And they were like, well, okay. And I read and I ended up getting that part as well for the lead. And he was like, honestly, I was going to go with someone older. And he was like, but when you read, he was like, you, you fit. And it made sense. And so that's, that's always been my biggest barrier is myself. And I've had to, it's been a hard road to kind of push past myself. And now my next barrier, I guess, is, you know, those other things. Oh, you know, making people see that you can, you don't always have to cast someone who looks a certain way to play a certain part. And I feel, I hope that the roles I've played is kind of, are kind of a testament to that because I've played, I played a part in Lion and Winter. I played the princess. You know, this is a period piece that has probably never had uh, a black woman in any role. And, you know, it's a very small part in that play, the princess is, but the director was like, he was like, well, you're the best one who auditioned. So <laughs> it's really, you know, just getting people out there and getting, knowing yourself, knowing your worth and making other people see that and putting your best foot forward always. And that's the the role you was talking about, um, the one where you told yourself you're going to play for the role. Man on a Boat? Is Man on Boats. Man mm-hmm. on Boats. That was the one you got an award for. Yes, it was. Yeah. So if you didn't overcome that, you wouldn't have gotten an award. <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten an award, no. Or and it you was... probably would have got an award, but not for, you know, that character, but... Right. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, honestly, had I had I not walked in to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I would have probably have been one of the other characters, which would have been absolutely fine. They're all great roles. Mm-hmm. Um, but that experience, it really it's really felt. Um, I kind of made the comment online that it, it helped me feel seen because it was it was being given this part that I. I, I thought I, I knew I could do it, but I didn't think someone would see that I could do it, you know, because it's so much based on other people's ideas and opinions and their perceptions of how they want something to look in this industry. So, yeah, and it just, it got good reviews and it was a well-attended play. Everyone in the production was amazing. It was so well cast. Um, There's so many amazing people in our production and behind the scenes and ended up with the column award nominations and I I sat there and I was like, well, you know, it'd be nice, but I'm not going to, it's like my first big nomination for the column awards and no one really knows me, knows me, you know, I don't think anyone's going to vote for me in those kind of numbers. And I was definitely surprised. So. Yeah. The, nom- the numbers show. Yeah. And we ended up winning best production as well for the year. So yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would say y'all racked up. I it was great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, uh, you yeah. pretty much said everything I kind of expected, but, like, I'm glad you, you said the things you said because some people need to hear it. Yeah. Uh, break, breaking those barriers that absolutely at the end of the day, it is us. Mm-hmm. Um, I have I had to break so many barriers for myself in the past two years and I'm still breaking, breaking them. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people, we, we like to point the fit finger at something else. So mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear that. And I'm glad to have an awesome first guest. Like I, I told you, you gonna, you was going to set the bear, <laughs> uh, set the, uh, set the standard. 
Well, now all, all the you. next guests are gonna have to like see if they can match match up oh, to you. Oh goodness, so. I'm so, sure it'll be fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. They'll, where can people find you? Uh, I am on Facebook. I am on Instagram. And if you want me a little bit more unfiltered, I am on Twitter as well. <laughs> all of the, all of those are under the Camille Monet, and it's C A M I L L E M O N A E. So um, then, so it's the Camille Monet at all of those places. That's where you can find me. Uh, the podcast that's coming out soon, Boozed. It's B-O-O-S-E-D. Uh, Boozed Pod is where you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, and Patreon. If you want to start supporting, you know, you can get in at the $2 level, become an early producer of the show. And hashtag Actor Life is on YouTube. And we're on Instagram and Facebook as well. And the handles for that are not uniform, unfortunately, so I can never remember them. But it's if you search <laughs> hashtag actor life, hopefully you'll find it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, um, I'll have um, I have a good amount of your uh, of your handles on on in the show description. So, OK, they'll, they'll great. Be able to Thank find you. Thank a good you. Amount yeah. of them. And then I have my website. My personal website is Camille dot com. OK, well. B's not here. Like I said, she's she's sick right now. So everybody, please, uh, you know, pray for her getting better. She's she usually does like final words, give, give like some type of final words of encouragement to help people mm-hmm. like get through their day. So I'm going to pass that one to you. Tonight, okay. So, yeah. Um, my final word, it's it's going to be real simple. It's going to be love yourself. I think everything else springs from that. You have to love and respect yourself. So love yourself. That's all I can say. Don't be afraid to. It's it's your only option. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Everybody, Camille Monet, she's been an awesome guest. Thank uh, you. Uh, next week we'll have another guest. Uh, I can't say who, but I'm quite sure. Uh, it'll be amazing show, show as well. Hopefully, I didn't mess up too much. Uh, <laughs> you did great. There'll be there'll be others coming, and we have so much uh, in store for you. I will see you all later, Camille. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. You all catch you all later. See you. Bye. Bye.